everyone, it's Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, biblical encouragement for women of all ages. This week we're going to dive into engaging in spiritual warfare. Now we've done a couple episodes before on resisting enemy attack, and this is just something that's been on my heart a lot lately, just from some things that I've been walking through personally, and I know a lot of women have questions about how to engage in spiritual warfare in a biblical way. So I want to start out by sharing something that happened to me about 10 years ago. It was a season of life when Eric and I were headed into just a transition in our ministry. We had been in full-time speaking ministry and writing books, and we really had felt for some time that God was leading us to launch a discipleship training program. And a lot of people looked at that as kind of a step down because we were used to traveling and speaking to thousands of people at a time. And this discipleship training ministry would really only reach a few hundred at a time. And so people just said, well, are you sure you're you know, really doing what God's leading you to do? You're not going to be reaching as many people. But we really felt strongly that that was what God was calling us to. And right around the time that we began to take steps forward in that direction, it was really interesting because things just started to fall apart in our practical life. The first thing that happened was the septic system in our house backed up and flooded our entire basement. And it was really a pretty serious issue because all of our kids' bedrooms were in the basement. We have a ranch house, and the the lower level is a finished basement where we keep a lot of bedrooms, the kids' playroom, a lot of our storage. And so all of that was under black water. We had to have these guys in hazmat suits come in and decontaminate everything. And they took all of our all of our possessions down there and just piled them in these huge piles in the corner. So everything was in disarray. And we had, at the time, four children under the age of five. So if you can just imagine the chaos that that caused when um, the disruption of the household. And we had to move out of our house for about a week and just stay in a hotel because our house was being decontaminated. So that was the first um, chaotic thing that happened. And then on top of that, right on the heels of that, our entire family came down with a pretty serious respiratory sickness. And three out of our four kids had to have nebulizer breathing treatments multiple times a day and they were on multiple medications and it was uh, just a full-time job to nurse them back to health and I was sick myself so that was really difficult the house was in disarray we were in a hotel couldn't find anything and I remember not being able to find the right kind of pajamas and having to dress our baby boy into girls pajamas one night because that's how disorganized we were and then we began to have some real financial challenges in our ministry people who had committed to things began to back out and funding that was supposed to come in did not come in and we suddenly started to feel like everything we were headed into we were not able to really Uh, finalize. And so we were just kind of in this paralyzed season where our finances were really tied up. We were sick. Our house was chaotic. And then one day I came home to overhear a conversation on the phone. And this man that we had known and and worked with was just really, um, he had completely turned against us and decided that he just really despised us. And so he was on the phone screaming and cursing and accusing Eric of these 
really outlandish and horrible things. And he was so out of control in his anger against us that I could hear him all the way across the room. And at that moment, I knew very clearly that we were under spiritual attack. Maybe you've been through a season like this where it's it's beyond just the normal challenges and trials of daily life. And it's not necessarily um, a trial that you feel God's bringing into your life, but it's just sort of an onslaught of chaotic events and things that really throw you for a tailspin. And that was what we were really going through. And it it dawned on me when I heard that man screaming and cursing into the phone that we were under spiritual attack. And then suddenly I began to realize that it was directly associated with our decision to launch this discipleship training center. As soon as we made that decision, there was an onslaught of attack against us spiritually. We had not been really prepared for that kind of spiritual backlash that followed on the heels of making this decision to launch our discipleship ministry. We had seen God just miraculously enable us to acquire a vacated college campus, and we'd been really making aggressive preparations to launch our first semester of this training program. But again, people in our life sometimes would see this as like a step down because we were no longer traveling full-time and speaking to thousands of people. So it didn't seem completely reasonable that we were under so much spiritual attack for a ministry that was going to be reaching fewer people. But then I began to recognize that God must have a priority on this discipleship ministry. He must really be leading us because if we were going to be getting that much attention from the enemy, we our discipleship ministry probably wasn't going to be so insignificant after all. And we had learned in previous seasons of spiritual attack that whenever we receive an undue amount of attention from the enemy, it usually means we're on the cusp of something important for God's kingdom or we're on the cusp of some kind of spiritual breakthrough. So as we began to recognize that in this season of our life, we were weary from all the battles we had been through, but we were also encouraged to realize that we were on the right track. And we also knew from previous experience that we didn't have to take the enemy's attack lying down. So many of us as Christians don't realize that God has given us weapons to resist the enemy. And so many of us take his his harassing in our lives as something that's normal and we accept it. And yet the Bible is very clear that we've been given everything we need to resist. So we began to just go back to the word of God and to things that God had taught us in previous seasons of spiritual attack and really just ask God how he wanted us to respond. We had learned some really important truths about our authority in Jesus Christ. And so we began to take a stand against the powers of darkness that had been attacking us. And within a short period of time, that chaos and that discouragement that was just swirling around us began to lift. And we started to see things more clearly and things started to become more peaceful. Now, launching our discipleship training center was still not easy. And we continued to face many tests of faith along the way. But the enemy was no longer able to just bring havoc into our family in our daily lives once we saw what he was doing and we started to resist him. So if you've been through a season of of this kind of attack or you would just like to know more about your position of authority in Jesus Christ, let's talk about that, what it looks like biblically and practically. There are a lot of misconceptions today among Christians when it comes to resisting Satan's attacks on our lives. A lot of us believe that all trials and challenges are God's will and design for our lives, and so we never really feel 
feel quite right about taking a stand against them or resisting them. Because if everything comes from God, then why would we want to resist God? And for years, this is a way that Eric and I viewed the difficulties that came into our lives, whether they were big or small. We really thought that the most spiritual thing we could do was to have a good attitude, avoid complaining, and just move forward the best we could. And definitely there is some truth in this, and there's a lot of biblical basis for that kind of response because we're told in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. And then in James 1.2, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. But we begin to recognize that those principles of having a good attitude and rejoicing also needed to be balanced with God's other commands to resist the devil so that he will flee from us, as it says in James 4.7, and to take the shield of faith with which we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That's in Ephesians 6, 16. And to be sober, to be vigilant, because our adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. That's from 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Several years into our ministry, Eric and I awakened to the fact that many of our extreme difficulties were actually harassments from the devil for the purpose of hindering us in our marriage, our family, and our calling. And we began to study the power of Jesus' name and our legal right as Christians to use that name. And instead of just accepting hindrance and harassment from the enemy as normal, we began to walk boldly in the authority that Jesus had given us. It wasn't anything complicated or dramatic. We simply commanded Satan in Jesus' name to stop interfering with our ministry and our personal lives. And we continued to resist his interference anytime we sensed that he was harassing us. This proved to be such a turning point in our life and our ministry because for so many years we had felt so ineffective. We were too busy reeling from one major blow after the next. We became so preoccupied with our own own daily survival that we were really just unable to be proactive and strategic about building God's kingdom. Once we learned how to resist Satan's attacks instead of resigning to them, we became spiritually offensive instead of constantly being on the defense. And that is really the way God intended us as Christians to live. We began to live according to the reality that Jesus proclaimed when he said, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you from Luke 10, 19. Our Christian lives became effective once we recognized our authority in Jesus Christ, and we learned how to put the enemy in his place through the power of Jesus' name. Now, when we talk about resisting the enemy, one question that often comes up is, should we expect an easy, comfortable life? Because a common misconception in Christianity today is that taking a stand against the enemy's attacks will lead to a life of ease and comfort. Some Christians have misused the concept of taking authority over the enemy, and they see every form of challenge and discomfort as something that they have a right to resist and reject. And so they begin to believe that it's God's will that they avoid any kind of difficulty, and they blame anything unpleasant they face on the devil and his wiles. But scripture is very clear that our Christian lives are not meant to be easy and comfortable. When we choose to follow in Christ's footsteps, we are choosing the narrow way of the cross. And this does not mean a lifetime of unceasing health, wealth, and prosperity, as some modern churchgoers would tell you. Rather, it means persecution. It means rejection, misunderstanding, tests of faith, and constant 
constantly dying to self. If you're not sure on what I'm saying, just read Hebrews 11 about the heroes of the faith and everything that they went through in order to stand firm in their faith. Amy Carmichael once wrote that it is so fatally easy to forget that we are not here to enjoy life, to live pleasantly without stabs and rending griefs that leave scars, that we may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. I love that because what a great reminder. We expect this pleasant, easy road, and oftentimes we're surprised when we go through things that leave scars. But that is how we share in the fellowship of his sufferings. So how does standing against Satan's attacks fit into this crucified life that we are called to live? How do we know which difficulties to resist in the authority of Jesus' name and which to humbly and joyfully receive as faith tests or loving godly discipline from our Father in heaven? That was a question. I wrestled with a lot when we were walking through trying to understand our authority in Christ. And we went to scripture for the answer. And if you've struggled to understand that, it's really important to know what enemy hindrance looks like and what is the characteristic of an enemy attack versus discipline that comes from God. During the Apostle Paul's ministry, he talks about being hindered by Satan from a specific purpose that he was trying to accomplish. The word hindered in this verse, it's in uh, 1 Thessalonians 2.18. And the word hindered here means to impede, to detain, or to cut into. And have you ever noticed that when you step forward into a specific task that God has called you to, such as maybe purposeful prayer, or ministry to others or really discipling your children if you're a mom, something immediately happens to distract or discourage or thwart you. That's the kind of hindrance that Paul is talking about in this verse. For example, when Eric and I first started our full-time speaking ministry, I started getting sick nearly every time I tried to speak in public. There were health problems that I'd never really had before, constant sinus infections, lung infections, headaches, stomach problems. All of these things hindered me from sharing the message that God had called me to share. And it wasn't really an issue unless I was speaking. And when I got up to speak, I would be hit with all these incredible health issues that would hinder me from doing it. At the same time, there were people that we had invited to help us with our ministry that started to undermine us in really bizarre ways, lying to us, stealing funds from the ministry, causing our resources to really erode to the point where we really couldn't function anymore in the work that God had called us to do. And we began to actually resent ministry and we became so frustrated that we really came close to quitting, which I think was exactly what the enemy wanted through all these attacks. I've known many Christians who have normal, peaceful lives until they make a decision to step out into some kind of ministry, whether it's overseas orphan work or just volunteering at their local church. Often they're met with extremely challenging problems that they never had before, and sometimes they're even tempted to back out of their commitment as a result. I've known many Christians who are hit with temptation or discouragement as soon as they become serious about their relationship with Christ. The enemy attempts to snuff out the fire in their soul by whatever means he can, and if they aren't prepared for his attacks and ready to resist him, they often succumb to his wiles and begin to backslide. Enemy harassment is very different than godly discipline. Like physical training, God's discipline does bring pain, but it's a healthy, productive pain that leads to greater strength and has purpose and hope. 
while an attack of the enemy breeds nothing but doubt, disillusionment, hopelessness, and defeat. And we've talked about that in other podcasts. It's so important to know the difference between the two. If there are problems in your life that are leading to despair, defeat, or hopelessness, if you're being hindered from moving forward in your Christian life, or if things seem to sort of fall apart the minute that you step out into any kind of ministry, then it's very likely the enemy is harassing you. The good news is we are not helpless against the enemy's schemes. If you are a child of God, you have the legal right to stand in the power and the authority of Jesus' name and command the enemy to back off and leave you alone. The Bible says that when we resist him, he will flee. Now, resisting Satan doesn't need to be dramatic or long-winded, as you may have seen in certain church circles. There's nothing in the Bible that says it needs to be this big display. You simply need to recognize the power of Jesus' name, stand in the spiritual authority he has given you, and tell the enemy that he must stop interfering with your life. Here are some final thoughts that I want to share with you about engaging in spiritual warfare. The purpose of taking a stand against the enemy is not so that you can avoid all difficulty or discomfort in your life. Rather, God wants to make us spiritually strong so that we can live loving, outward, sacrificial lives for his glory. God desires to free us from being constantly preoccupied with our own issues and struggles so that we can turn outward and reach others with his message. So be sure that your motives for resisting Satan are in line with God's. It's not about protecting personal comfort, but about his glory. And what a joy to know that we don't have to take the enemy's harassment and accept it as something normal, but he has given us everything that we need through the power of his name to command the enemy to flee. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to take this theme deeper in your life, consider joining us for our 2019 Set Apart Conference in Windsor, Colorado, June 7th and 8th, or anywhere you are via simulcast. You can go to setapartgirl.com to learn more. I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.